The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh, you know, we talked to Charlie Woods uh, earlier in the broadcast who uh, covered uh, the Alex Jones trial for BuzzFeed and uh, gave us a little insight on the trial. And and Charlie was, uh, you know, he was impressed with Alex. And and look, Alex is a is being a you know a character or however you want to think of him, a crazy man. Uh, he definitely is, uh, definitely is, whacked out of his mind, uh, crazy, uh, a star, uh, knows how to work the game, uh, plays the game, knows, uh, I mean, he knows how to work the system and he's worked it well for many years and made quite a bit of money. Good for him. Well, after the trial was over, uh, they, did a live feed. There were press out there for this press conference. And the whole thing lasted about 40 minutes. I mean, it never ended. And then when he got done talking to the the press, he walked over to some building a block away, went upstairs into some room, and then he went over all the court documents with everybody and talked about see you on Sunday, or God willing. Uh, and uh, it was absolutely preplanned. I know that there was... The gaggle of press uh, going on, uh, but also you could, you know, the he had his Infowars guy there. He went up to one, you know, the one guy started grabbing his camera and started showing the press with the camera. And I was thinking, if I'm going to grab my camera, I would have punched him right in the face. Alex would have, I'd have been in another lawsuit right in front of the courtroom. So it had to be his guy. What are you doing? And then in the middle of it, there's this guy. I wish I, I. I was all I was late last night, and I couldn't take any more because I've got a couple of clips from the press conference. But in the middle of this press conference, when he's busy yapping a little bit more, when it's when the press conference is technically over, there's this homeless guy that comes out of nowhere, and he is uh, 
He's standing there and he's like, how about that? Alex would say something and he's like, how about that? And so Alex is loving this guy, laughing at him. He's laughing at him and he's saying, that's the new, <laughs> that's the new segment on the show, the how about that guy. It's kind of funny. The rest of the press conference, though. So he comes walking up down this, uh, strutting his Alex Jones strut with his limp and he's got his sunglasses on and his jacket. And he comes, he comes walking up to the press. Okay, everybody's got their feet in frenzy going here. I got it. All the fake news media can edit in all their little fake clips and everything of this, but folks watching online will see the truth. A little statement I want to make, and then later I'm going to put online some of these documents. We're going back three years ago. I didn't file for divorce. I never tried to take my kids away from my ex-wife. Four separate times she filed to take them away. The courts, the guardian the items, the system thought it was horrible. I got to say, actually, the system here in Liberal Austin said, this is child abuse. We're taking your kids away and giving them to you. And I said, well, I want to be with her mom, too. She said, no, they're with me and not with you. In five separate filings, four just in the first three years of it. We're now over three years into this. So that's the reality. I know the media won't get that right. It continued. Remember, this whole thing went on for 40 minutes. Now, he had uh, one question asked to him that he actually thought was a great question. And that was, uh, what is he going to say to his kids? Any, I mean, any real questions? What about what do you say to your kids? This is a very public... Absolutely. That's a great question. What do I say to my children who I never in three years brought into this, who I never made public? I never called the media to come here. I was never involved in any of that. It was other people that called the little vampires in, you know, to be all part of this in the attempt, you know, to sit there and, you know, point their finger and go, there's the bad man. There's the bad man. Let's shut him down. Let's let's put words in his mouth. I mean, my children know that the corporate media lies and they go to school and they hear about this. And they know the truth, and they say, why does the media say that? Why does the media say this? And I explain, they're not the media. They're the people that, with the corporate globalist, right. helped hijack this country, and they're being torn out of control now. They're being removed like a tick off a dog's rear end, being torn off this country, and they realize it as parasites, as little followers, as, as conformists, posing as trendies, that their time is short. That's good stuff right there. We may have to play that again. Uh, keep that one in queue. That's that is very important knowledge to have right there. And then uh, in a little little bit after that, he gets asked about uh, the uh, Chibani situation and the lawsuit with Chibani. Well, I know that I've talked to four lawyers about the Chibani lawsuit. They say it's totally frivolous, an absolute complete PR is stunt. It? And I was on the phone with my DC lawyers and my Idaho lawyers today, and we were thinking about an aggressive corporate strategy. Uh, to actually uh, go after the New York Federal Reserve ah, that he's a board member of and the school what? lunch program that he's part of and these other loans and deals he's got going that are monopolistic. Uh, my lawyers also dealt with uh, some of the suits that were on the Boston Herald when, the, when they found the Saudi money going to the local group. That got shut down and then everything got paid back. So, yeah, I've got those lawyers right now. They're all handling that. So we're looking at counter lawsuits uh, because we reported on news about the reported sexual assaults that the media said didn't happen but they've now pled guilty for then they argue well that's not connected to the yogurt maker no just the owner 
who pushes for refugees to be brought in with George Soros and George Soros's founded law firm that's suing me. So technically, I'm not saying the owner of it himself imported these people. The point is they're being brought in unvetted. So we covered other people's reports, uh, and then they sit there and play games, little factoid uh, parts of it. Uh, so we're very, very confident with that. And what happens is when we get attacked, the listenership and support just goes up exponentially. So exponentially. attacks go up to here, support goes up to there. And then attacks go up to here, support goes up to those trees. And then support goes up, to, and it just goes up and up and up. It's like an absolute elevator. So that's what's happening is people get it. They understand it's a war. They understand it's a fight. They understand what's going on with the corporate media, and they, and they absolutely love it. So we understand the Democratic strategy. We were already aware of it months ago. Months ago. Uh, months but there's all sorts of slap statutes in Texas and a lot of really serious issues. So we're looking forward to discovery uh, on Shabani, and we're looking really, really you know, forward uh, to looking into Turkey, the Kurds, and uh, the, the funding of the operation. We've also got our intel sources on that. There's a lot of slap, slap schedules in, in Texas. Uh, we got to worry about. I mean, we were aware of that months ago. Uh, corporate strategy. We were aware of that months ago. Now that went on for forty minutes. Forty minutes. But I want to go back to his question about what does he say to his kids because after the first. 30 or 40 seconds, he starts to go off the rails a little bit, and I want to hear it again. Any, I mean, any real questions? What about what do you say to your kids? This is a very public... Absolutely. That's a great question. What do I say to my children who I never in three years brought into this, who I never made public, I never called the media to come here, I was never involved in any of that. It was other people that called the little vampires in you know, to be all part of this in the Vampires. attempt, you know, to sit there and, you know, point their finger and go, there's the bad man. There's the bad man. Let's shut him down. Let's let's put words in his mouth. Yeah. I mean, my children know that the corporate media lies and they go to school and they hear about this and right. they know the truth. And they say, why does the media say that? Why does the media say this? And I explain, they're not the media. They're the people that with the corporate globalist helped hijack this country and they're being torn out of control now. They're being removed like a tick off a dog's <laughs> rear end, being torn off this country, and they realize it as parasites, as little followers, as as conformists, posing as trendies, that their time is short. Yes. Thank you. And then we're going to develop a corporate strategy. I mean, our lawyers were well aware. They were aware of this months ago. And uh, we'll put an end to this right away. Don't worry about it. We'll tell the truth. People watching online will know the truth. So Alex is back in business. Uh, he was able to se- try to separate a little bit of info wars from his uh, real life. And uh, thank you to the judge for le- allowing that because it really isn't true. Uh, you can't really separate your life and your info wars life when they're pretty much one and the same. But hey, who am I? I'm just a tick on a dog's butt. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. The Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Happy day. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Lawrence Jones, uh, he's around the building somewhere waiting to take over the helm here at the top of next hour. And the Lawrence Jones show, Mike Slater, be on after that, and Joe Pags after that, rounding out your Saturday brand spanking new programming on the Blaze Radio Network. So a little bit earlier I mentioned the headline of the world's uh, uh, white northern rhino, uh, the last one who is up on Tinder now. And uh, I am in love with this. He's looking. What, what the problem is is that he's the last. He's the last white northern rhino. Okay. So and they're trying to get him to mate. And they've brought in you know other rhinos and they took him out into a wild area. So it wasn't more. It wasn't like a zoo. And uh, you know then uh, he's mated a couple times with a couple of the. Couple of the female rhinos they've brought in for a little rhino love, and uh, they've even tried to help them. One of my favorite lines is uh, one of the one of the rangers. When we first tried to mount the girl, the rangers guided him, but it was difficult with the rhino. No kidding. How about you just figure? You know the rhinos probably got this, right? The rhino probably. Probably got a feel for it. He knows what he's doing. I mean, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's a virgin white rhino northern. That's why he's the last one. So what they're trying to do is get him some some fertility treatments, right? Because he's had a couple of opportunities to make uh, a, some animal pregnant. I'm guessing it's another rhino, uh, and he hasn't, you know, hasn't done it. So they're concerned about it, and it's going to cost you know a lot of money. You don't just you don't just We've upped our fertilization, now up yours. It costs a little cash for rhinos. So they're trying to raise some money. So they put a profile on Tinder, and if you swipe right, on Tinder, if you swipe right, that means you like. And uh, it takes you to another page, which, you know, then you can link up and donate some money to help Sudan, the rhino. Now, his profile, you can't have, you can't be on Tinder without a profile. You don't be stupid. And his profile is, I don't mean to be forward, but the fate of my species literally depends on me. That's a good line, and for him it works because it's true. 
I perform well under pressure. I like to eat grass and chill in the mud. No problems. Six feet tall, 5,000 pounds if it matters. <laughs> That's good stuff right there. I don't care who you are. That's good stuff. Six feet tall, 5,000 pounds if it matters. So good luck to us, Sudan. And I hope that they find somebody that uh, they can guide you into to make a little northern white rhino. I think you know what I'm saying. You get this. Poachers are selling northern white rhino horns. All right? So my man's Sudan. Got those big-ass horns on his head. My man's Sudan. White rhino horns. $50,000 a kilo. Making them more valuable than gold or cocaine. Wow. Rhino horn. Want to take some? So you got to help. You got to help my man, Sudan. Go swipe right. I mean, really, the, the fate of his species literally depends on him. And, you know, he's six feet tall, 5,000 pounds. If it matters. Good stuff. Great news from the television world. And I, I I mean this with every, oh man, ounce of being in me. You know how shows are really big and you like them and they're really strong and then they go away and you think, yep, I used to watch that. But we've, we evolve. We evolve. And, you know, they try to bring shows back and nobody has any new ideas. So they try to bring them back and you think, you know. I don't know that it will actually work. Not sure. So news out now that Roseanne Barr, John Goodman, and Sarah Gilbert are on board for the eight-episode project, which is currently being shopped to networks, Roseanne, the revival in the works. Now, I personally remember when Roseanne was really, really big. You know, the show. I got it. Don't worry. I thank you uh the show was huge right i mean it was ran ran on abc from 1988 to 1997 i mean it was huge i mean i remember my my first wife love that stupid show love that stupid show so and and i i enjoyed it as well it was very good and john goodman was great it, it, roseanne was great they the kids were they were all it was a good show Okay, but it's pretty much run its course, right? I mean, you understood the process. And so now they're shopping to bring eight episodes back. I mean, I'd rather watch this than Bill Nye on Netflix. So if Netflix is going to spend some cash, they might as well spend some cash on this. Let them produce a eight-episode Roseanne revival. Then uh, rather watch that than 13 episodes of Bill Nye telling me what a vagina is. I mean, that guy, out of control. And Bill Nye's uh, idea of, uh, you know, the vagina and the dating process and climate change is out of control. But there's another person, Riley J. Dennis. Riley Dennis, YouTuber, activist, and educator. She, I don't think it was a he, 
worked as editor-in-chief of the Quaker campus newspaper where she looks like he pushed Whittier College to reform how they dealt with cases of sexual assault. She received a bachelor's degree in writing words. She received a bachelor's degree in writing words. She, he. A combination of creative writing and anthropology and used her expertise to publish a series of three young adult fantasy books with characters from diverse backgrounds. She works to educate the public on a range of issues all connected through social justice and intersectional feminism, mainly focusing on rape culture, gender identity, sexuality, and fat phobia. Fat phobia is real and live today and strangely socially acceptable. Presentations looks like a society of confer- conflated health with weight of decades, for decades. It examines language that is harmful. i got to read this right. The print, printed version is not right. We're going to read more about rally genesis. So I want to find out about fighting rape culture, which is, I mean, it's important to fight rape culture since there really isn't one. Uh, how do college newspaper can create social change? Uh, I don't know. Does anyone read newspapers anymore? Uh, figuring out your gender, how we know who we are. I think I can figure that one out. How we know who we are. What gender am I? And fat phobia. Why society hates fat people and how we can stop. I mean, I might agree with Riley J. Dennis. She, he, on uh, fat phobia. <laughs> Living example. Okay. Of a... Uh, Someone who is, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not fat phobic. I've been surrounded by people I think who are. They use that, my fear of being fat to scare me. But how can I be feared of being fat if I'm fat? Oh, fat phobia, I can't, I don't know. Maybe I don't have a phobia at all. I'll figure it out. We'll uh, hear from Riley coming up or how they going. The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Funny business. Funny, funny business is what that is. All right, let's talk, let's do a little Riley. I, I, we do have Riley here, right? I sent you some audio of Riley, right? Two big cuts of Riley. Important Riley, Jay, Dennis. It's important to know that Riley cares. And she's, you can book Riley right now. You can, you can book her, him right now. And she'll she'll he'll speak at your event uh, about fighting rape culture and how we can make our campuses safe. Er, how your college newspaper can create social change. Figuring out your gender, how we know who we are, and. Fat phobia. Why society hates fat people and how we can stop 
I mean, it's important, right? It's important. Now, one of the things you can have her, he talk about is intersectionality, how to bring others into your feminism. Riley uh, has a bunch of videos and goes on and on and on, but one of my favorite ones, she likes to come up with words. He likes to come up with words. And uh, she has a new word called cis-sexism. Cis-sexism. Uh, which means prejudice or discrimination against trans people. What other word means discrimination against trans people? Oh, you're transphobia. <laughs> we can't just use that, though. We can't just use one word. We've got to come up with something else, new one. So we'll call it cis-sexism. And Riley, uh, Riley is very informative. Very, very informative. And um, well, let's hear from Riley, shall we? Let's start it off with the beginning of Riley. Recently on the internet, there's been a lot of discussion around genital preferences and transphobia. In this video, I'm going to use the word cissexism instead of transphobia, but they're really similar words. Most basic, cis-sexism means prejudice or discrimination against transgender people. So what's been happening is that some people are making the argument that it's not cis-sexist at all to only be attracted to people with one kind of genitals. For example, these people might argue that being attracted to only women with vaginas in no way negatively affects trans people. On the other hand, I would argue that it's more complicated than that. We all have our implicit biases built into our preferences, and gender isn't as simple as just the genitals you have. But after I say that, oh. I usually get a bunch of blatantly cis-sexist responses. So right? I address all of those responses at once okay so now she he goes on to explain uh the typical responses number one you're being homophobic you're upholding rape culture i'm allowed to have my preferences i have a trans friend who says this is okay now i think that she happens to mention a body part in this next when she says goodbye so just be prepared for that um I was going to edit it out, and then I thought, you know what? I, I don't want to do that because I, I don't want to be a cis-sexist. I don't want to be part of cis-sexism. All right, I want to be a part of Riley's feminist website, everydayfeminist.com. I want to be a part of that. I don't want to be homophobic or transphobic or cis-sexist. And, and I don't want to. I don't want to be allowed to have my preferences. I want to know that uh, that my preferences are wrong and others are right. And I want my trans friend to know that even though they say it's okay, it's not okay. It's not. Even though my trans friend says it is. <laughs> so when she gets done going down her typical responses, uh, Riley wraps up. The first two responses in particular come from TERF, RADFEM, and gender critical ideologies, which are all Duh. proudly anti-trans. Even if you don't consider yourself a part of those movements, you're siding with them when you use their arguments. Their right. entire platform is cis-sexist, and their arguments reflect that. So even if you say you believe trans women are women, it doesn't do a whole lot of good if you're still completely siding with folks who don't believe that trans women are women. And the last Thank thing you. I want to say about this is that if you'd rather not have sex with a woman who has a penis, Whoa, you just why don't not? make such what? a huge deal of it. Trans women are often afraid of not being found attractive or desirable after 
after coming out and you're not helping. If you really want to be an ally to trans people, you could just not talk about it. And by that, I'm not trying to I am in love you, with okay? that so idea. This is censorship. You have the freedom to say whatever you want. I'm just asking you to consider if it's necessary to say those things when they reflect harmful or violent rhetoric. Because if you have an opinion that you know is only going to make people feel bad about themselves, why constantly share it with the world? It's fine. Thank to you. That's enough. Well, we don't need to hear Riley anymore. Thank you. I think we agree. We found something to agree on. That's that's what we're looking for here at the Blaze. Something to agree on. Come together. I think we can all come together with, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. If you think trans people are weird or bad people, don't say it. Because it makes them feel weird when they come out and they feel strange. How about they don't come out? How about that? How about they just stay in the closet? How about that? How about the 1% of the people that are trans just stay in the closet? How about that? Oh, no, no. I can't say that? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't stay in the closet. Don't stay in the closet, but don't talk about it. All right? I am a cissexist. I am. And I don't mean to I don't mean to promote cissexism. I don't mean to promote transphobia. Because I don't have transphobia. In fact, I believe I'm the one who said if you have to go to the bathroom, go ahead and go. I don't care. But don't make a big deal about it. I.e. O'Reilly. Why you gotta keep ramming it down my throat, so to speak. Why? Just go. Nobody stopped you before. All it is now is that you want to be able to, I'm trans and I'm going into this bathroom. So? How about shut up and go to the bathroom? How about that? I don't announce when I have to go. Usually. I don't know, times, you know, you, you might have to. There was this one time. There's one time at band camp. Very few will get that reference, but those that do will laugh. Okay. Now, I will say that a new report claims a dramatic shift in millennials who identify as LGBTQ compared to other age groups. Well, A, let's, I want to be a little ticked at this story because it's LGBTQIA. Okay. I've had just about enough of IA not getting the respect that it deserves. But will I digress? Okay. All right. LGBTQIA. All right. That's what it is. Sorry to disappoint you, but the IA is there now. Okay. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual. Got it? People lined the sidewalk during the Gay Pride March in New York, and boy, what a look! What a crowd that was! What a crowd that was! This picture that I'm looking at right now. Oh man, twenty percent of millennials, ages eighteen to thirty-four, identify as LGBTQ. Again, minus the IA. It's going to be hard for me to let that go. Accelerating acceptance is the latest report 
20% of millennials ages 18 to 34 identify as LGBTQIA, compared to 7% of baby boomers ages 52 to 71 who answer the same way. The total population who identifies as LGBTQIA is 12%. 12%? 12% lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual. So 12% of the population are all of those. Which makes, uh, that doesn't mean that lesbians or gays or bisexuals or transgenders or queers or intersex or asexuals are 12%. That means that the entire package is 12%. And we have to go through the, so many hoops, we have to get so many things rammed down our throats, so to speak, over this topic. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, also, let's see, a new Harris poll also compares those who define themselves as cisgendered or the same gender they were assigned at birth. I hate those people. Man, do I hate those people. Oh. No, I'm, I want to be the gender I was assigned at birth. Get out! Oh, wait. Let's see. Harris Poll also compares those who define themselves as cisgendered or the same gender they were assigned at birth to those who say they are non-cisgendered or transgendered. According to the report, 12% of millennials identify as non-cisgendered, indicating they do not identify as the same gender they were assigned at birth, but only 3% of baby boomers and 6% of Generation X, ages 35 to 51, identified as non-cisgendered. I can't read any more of that. Oh, my God. Was that cissexism? Yes, it was. Sorry. Nah, I'm not really sorry. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. That's one of the stupid things I've ever heard in my life. No one. A statement that should never be spoken from a human being. Oh, no, Doc, I'm fine. I don't need any painkillers. What? Anyway. (laughs) Oh, no, good for you. I'm glad you're doing better. I mean that. So I've been thinking about car accidents for all day because Chris was telling uh, the, our, my producer here on Saturday was telling us about his accident earlier in the broadcast, and I was just giving him a hard time because, oh no, Doc, I'm fine. I'll just you know, I don't worry about the pain. Uh, I'll live through it. I'm tough. Why would those words should never be spoken by humans? But he was. Uh, we're glad you're okay. Most of the people here are glad you're okay. So. Thanks for coming into work today. We appreciate it. So, how many of you like to be under big covers, comfy? You want to be nice and comfy and cozy and warm? Not supposed to be that way. You know what? Doctors say, hey, you're supposed to fall asleep naked. 
and it's supposed to be cold, okay? Life is much better when you sleep naked and you keep it cold. And when I say keep it cold, like I keep my house at uh, about 52, so this really isn't cold. I don't. But one of the things is I love it cold here at work because I'm like 800 pounds and I sweat, so I don't like to sweat. But at home, I like it comfortable. I don't necessarily like it cold like I like it here. And But they're telling me here that according to a Dr. Chris Winter, science dictates, science dictates that temperatures between 60 and 67 degrees Fahrenheit are ideal sleeping conditions. Now, that having been said, now I'm also supposed to sleep naked. Okay? Now, I realize. I don't know if you realize what cold weather does to human beings, but it does something in particular to males that's not pretty. By sleeping at cooler temperatures, your body will thank you, according to the study published in Diabetes. Who doesn't get, I mean, I'm way, my copy has not been, I went out to the mailbox yesterday looking for my copy of diabetes and it hasn't arrived yet. Lowering your thermostat a few degrees before bed can help decrease your risk of certain metabolic diseases such as diabetes. Huh? So keep it between 60 and 67 degrees. Wow. That is amazing. According to the naturopathic doctor and best-selling author, Natasha Turner, sleeping under conditions that are warmer than 70 degrees will inhibit your body from cooling down naturally. Ah, I got to tell you. Oh, yeah. And also uh, what happens is uh, sleeping in a colder environment, the amount of brown fat or good fat uh it's created, so it's always good to have brown fat as good fat. And we never did get to the the big fire festival. I'm told that uh, Doc Thompson, the morning show on the Blaze Radio Network, Monday through Friday, uh, did an exclusive interview with uh, the guy from Fire. So uh, that's a fascinating story. They charged a bunch of money, uh, brought a bunch of people in. It was supposed to be a big party all weekend, two weekends, two weekends, right? And uh, they got there, and it was supposed to be all laid out. And uh, it was nothing. Uh, thanks for coming, but uh, there's nothing here. And uh, I love that. In particular, I like the story that everyone was supposed to have a, their own little custom tent. And uh, there was only a few tents out in the field. And the guy was like, it's raining. First come, first serve, run to the tents. And so they had a big fight over tents. That's a good weekend right there. That's a good weekend right there. Thanks for coming along for the ride. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.